New York, present day. There are celestials who are born with supernatural powers. There are specters who violently steal power from magical creatures. Then there are two brothers, neither celestials nor specters. Brighton wants powers. Emil just wants to work with and protect magical creatures. One day they get mixed up in the supernatural war that is happening in New York City. It's time to treat yourself. Welcome to Treat Your Shelf, a book club podcast where each month we read a book and come together to discuss it. I'm Hannah. I'm Emma. And I'm Christina. And today we will be discussing Infinity Sun by Adam Silvera. So first off, let's do our non-spoiler reviews. Christina, start us off. So I liked this book more than I thought I was going to like it. It was great. Like, I definitely, I will say this now, like, I definitely will read the other books when they come out. Nice. That's my non-spoiler review. Emma, how about you? (laughs) Emma, who is known for her love of young adult fiction. Yes. Okay. And books in general. I hate young adult fiction. I don't know if I've gone through this before on the podcast or not, but young adult fiction is basically the reason I stopped reading because... So I was too old for juvenile fiction, which isn't true. You're never too old for juvenile fiction. It's the best kind of fiction. But like, I wasn't old enough for like literature. And so I would go and look at the young adult shelf and be like, I don't want to read any of this. It looks awful. So I don't like young adult literature. Literature. I don't like young adult fiction. (laughs) Uh It's literature. But you see, the thing is, like, I may be a 26-year-old woman, but I'm really an 80-year-old man. So, like, this isn't for me. It's just, it's not my kind of book. I... uh, So this book in particular is just very trite and cliche. It was like watching a rerun of a reboot of you know, I've 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 seen it before. It's it's nothing new. It's not good. It's just I don't know. Young adult fiction tends to be very derivative, especially in our post Harry Potter Hunger Games world. So and I mean, I've already forgotten most of what happened in the book, and this book definitely won't age well with all the many references to our modern world. So I just, I didn't like it, but I guess I didn't hate it too much. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Alrighty then. Thank you, Emma, for your words on this book. Uh, So for me, I'll say Infinity Sun was a quick read. Uh, I wanted to know what was going to happen next. I really love short chapters. We've talked about that before on the podcast, about how short chapters are my favorite. And this book had plenty of short chapters, but I actually kind of wished that some of the chapters were longer, that they had taken yeah. more time. Yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that they had Absolutely. like spent more time on different scenes and situations. Uh, I thought some of the characters were great, and then that others were super flat. Uh, but all in all, I was intrigued with where Adam Silvera is going uh, with this 
and I'll definitely read the other books in this series. Mm-hmm. However many there However are. However many there are. I'm not sure how many there are. I know he's working on the second one right now, but that's all oh, I know. Oh, so it's not like a planned trilogy? I'm I'm not sure, and I, I keep forgetting to actually search this on a computer. I keep searching it on my phone and then not finding any results. <laughs> They just keep leading me to, like, Goodreads reviews and stuff when I search, like, how many books are in this series or will be in this series. Yeah. Um, That should have been my question for Adam on on Instagram. I know. How many books are you planning on putting in this series? (laughs) Jeez. All right, then. So time to get into our spoiler-filled discussion. So, chapter one. We are just dropped right into this universe with celestials and spellwalkers and specters and all this terminology. I had to reread this chapter, (laughs) but I still don't remember what happened in it because I reread it like a week ago. So in this first chapter, we meet Brighton and Emil, who are twin brothers. Uh, Brighton makes YouTube videos documenting the lives of and interviewing celestials, people who are... uh, born with powers who get their powers um it's like related to the stars or something and brighton wants them to like sneak into a celestial's party and emile's Mm -hmm. like no i don't want to do that and then chaos ensues and there's like uh celestials that are trying to catch a specter and then there's fire everywhere um and you don't know why they're fighting or who they are like well, that's, I guess, the first thing that I wanted to talk about before really diving into the story was just the fact that we're dropped right into this universe with all this terminology, and we're expected to pick it up, and how do you feel about that? Bad. Yeah, so my instinct was to flip to the back of the book, because world-building sci-fi fantasies like this always have a glossary at the end, back of the book. <laughs> and yes, they explain yes, yes. like the different terminology they explain a little bit of the histories a lot of the times and the histories of the civilizations which like yeah this is close to the present but obviously it's a completely different history but this is no dune so <laughs> they didn't have that yes <laughs> But yeah, at first I was okay with it because here we have the author giving us a lot of credit and like believing in our ability to pick things up and and understand what's going on. But Mm -hmm. then also just the fact that there weren't just the names of the groups of people like the celestials who are born with power and the specters who uh, get their power from like blood alchemy or whatever. But then each of those also had their own like groups where that I know that was in so the celestials confusing. we've got the spell walkers who are celestials who are like vigilantes and then mm-hmm. within the specters you've got the people who are the bloodcasters or like the one like acolytes or whatever yeah. and which was very confusing because I wanted them to be called the spellcasters but they're no they're the spell walkers and the bloodcasters yes yes I got him confused yes. several Why times. Why you got to make things so difficult? <laughs> so yeah, we're just, there's a lot of terminology and then there was no dictionary. There was definitely one point in the story, not in the first chapter, but later on where one of my notes was, I wish there was a dictionary in the back just so I could keep straight who was who and, and which, which group name matched with which power 
Yeah, I feel like the author oh, spends yeah. more time explaining what a phoenix is rather than explaining these made-up things mm. that he made up. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I wanted a glossary of all the phoenixes. And... Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I definitely made that same, wrote that same note down. So the beginning of the book kind of just alternates between Emil's point of view and Brighton's point of view. So we can really, like, begin to see how different they are. Um, honestly, Brighton was, like, super annoying at the beginning. But then yep, I felt like Emil awful. was annoying <laughs> in the end. <laughs> my One of my first notes is, Emil is bad, but Brighton is worse. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I, I disliked Brighton from the beginning, and I continued to dislike him throughout. Because, yeah, I guess the third chapter is when we first get Brighton's point of view, I think. And yeah. it's it's where, so... They survive all of this big attack. Brighton films the attack, and he tries to, you know, get interviews with the people who are fighting uh, the Spellwalkers. Um, mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, no, <laughs> now is not the time. Well, Emil's the one who's like, stop, don't ask them right now. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. We need to just go. Uh, and so Brighton, having his YouTube uh, channel, immediately uploads his video and then the next day he's upset because he's not as viral as he wanted to be he didn't get as many yeah, viewers from it so he's just like super cranky about that <laughs> and yeah it was hard to like to like him at all after that <laughs> yep i just i was like this is everything i hate in the world i hate social media and people who care so much about social media like stop oh it stresses me out honestly right yeah brian was super frustrating from the beginning and he's just narcissistic <laughs> like mm -hmm. everything always yes. comes back to him he's always thinking about himself and he's always thinking about how he's better than other people even when he's talking about emil his his brother and how he's going to college he makes a point of calling it the third best community college yeah. Like, he makes a point of, like, specifically saying that. <laughs> he hosts that, like, gathering where he thinks his a million, thousands of his adoring fans are going to come, and then only seven people show up. That is, I do have that note. Yeah, like... Seven people show up. <laughs> but really, only six of them were fans. <laughs> yes. And one of them was tagging along. But yeah, so he's just <laughs> super grumpy, and, and he's convinced that... Well, he was convinced that they were going to get powers on their 18th birthday. Like, this is when it's going to happen. We're going to get our celestial powers. We've got this big crowned dreamer constellation up in the sky. Like, we're going to get it. Yes. And then they mm -hmm. don't. <laughs> yeah. So I guess so then we find out. So phoenixes give specters their powers. And different types of phoenixes have different types of powers and therefore give people different types of abilities. So that's where it would have been nice at the end of the book to kind of see, like, what kind of abilities certain phoenixes give you. That might have been cool. Mm -hmm. mm. But, like, we're also finding out that the people who are trying to get power, the specters who are trying to get powers from the phoenixes, like, it's not going well for them. Like, one mm -hmm. dude died the other woman seemed uncontrollable and when she set everything on fire like the ones who are getting the the specters who are using phoenix blood it doesn't seem to be going well for them 
Yeah, we hear, we learn about the blackout for the first time in chapter four, which yeah, they never explain what it is. But it's just funny because New York City has had blackouts before. So <laughs> hilarious. So I'm like, oh, this is such a New York thing to have. Like I made that note. Like, of course, it's called the blackout. <laughs> They've already had several blackouts. Well, no, they should have named it something different then. Or it's like, what are you, which one? You gotta put the year next to it so we know. Yes. Yeah, but this blackout had like 600 some people died during this blackout. I was very unclear what happened here. Uh, the only thing I know is Mary Bell's parents were murdered. Yes. And were blamed for the incident. But I. I thought it happened at like some sort of like power company and it actually did cause like a blackout in New York City. Maybe it did wow. actually cause a blackout, but I know later in the book when they explain what happens, it's I don't know, somewhere where schools take field trips because that's why mm -hmm. there were a bunch of people there. But somewhere where schools take field trips and and then you had specters versus well no. Later on, you find out that it's Spectres versus Celestials, but as far as everybody yeah. knows at the beginning, it's just Celestials who seem to be involved in it. Yeah, that are fighting each other, and then some sort of, like, explosion happens. They, and... they throw their gem grenades. What is a gem grenade? What is that? That's another thing that's just thrown at us. What is a gem grenade? Is it a grenade that explodes with gems? Okay, I pictured it as being shaped as a gem, and then... It has like these bars over it that hold it closed. And then when it explodes, the gem breaks open and then it's like whatever bomb. It, like it's clear and you could see liquid. That's what I was picturing. I liked picturing what a gem grenade was. It seemed like a very video game concept to me. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, after their birthday comes and goes and they don't have powers and Brighton's being all pissy about it. Uh, we get to see Emil go to work at the museum of natural mm -hmm. creatures, of natural creatures, yes. and and he meets a cute British boy. Oh, the worst scene in the book. He okay. meets a cute British boy. Do we think that cute British boy was Ness? I, I no. I thought so, but then I reread. He would have mentioned it. That's the thing. I reread the chapter where Ness is like going through all of his personas and he doesn't do that persona for uh, him. It's just some guy who's of no consequence. But I really I really thought it would have been and then I thought that would have tied in with when they go back to Kirk the museum director yeah. later. Like Ness already had <laughs> evil ties. Evil bad scientist. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> Surprise, evil bad scientist. Yeah. Oh my god, that scene made no sense either. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, he meets this cute British boy who he takes on a tour of the museum before he clocks in for work. And basically, he's very flippant about Phoenix lives, which is what Emil, what turns Emil off instantly with him is how flippant he is because... He asks, basically, like, well, why did these, why did Keon and Bautista choose this type of phoenix instead of this type of phoenix? Because this type of phoenix is, like, more powerful or something. That's basically what he's getting at. And mm. Emil is like, why are you even considering taking any phoenix lives? Right. You awful person. Well, Emil really overreacts to that. I've got the passage open right here. <laughs> <laughs> I marked this passage because when it happened, I read the sentence, like six times and I had no idea what it meant 
And I was so confused why Emil was offended by it. Because, mm. okay, so British boy says, sort something out for me. I read about the queen slayers that used to claw dragons in the eyes. Now that's a real phoenix. Why did these men bother with the gray suns? And I was like, I don't know what any of this is. What did he just say? Right. So the queen slayer is a type of phoenix. Yeah. If he said queen slayer phoenix, I would have understood the passage. But at this point in the book, I just could not understand it. Perhaps I should have been paying more attention. It's like two nerds having a conversation, but you're not nerdy about what they're nerdy about. So you're just kind of like, yeah. okay, cool. Like, I get the sentiment, but I don't really know what you said. <laughs> mm. I really liked the scene. It was cute. Whatever. I really love the natural. I thought it was super cute. I thought it was super cute. It's a young adult fantasy novel. Like, there better be some cute moments in there. Well, that's probably why I hated it. Yeah, when, probably. When he said, oh, oh, the English accent is my favorite accent. I was like, oh my god, get out of here. <laughs> that's a pretty great accent. Okay, get out of here. I thought it was a cute scene. I really want to go to the Museum of Natural Creatures. Sounds like an amazing place. And I love that, like, I just love the meat cute. I love that he's, like, mm. coming in for work. And, like, we don't know what he does at the museum. So I'm like, oh, does is he like an intern or something here? And he just works at the gift shop. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so cute. I loved that. I yeah. loved that surprise of like, you kind of think that he must be some kind of tour guide or something because that's what he's doing. He's giving him a tour around the museum. But then mm-hmm. uh, it's just like, nope, he works in the gift shop. And he was yeah. just doing that because he loves phoenixes so much. Yes. Can we get to the most important chapter, the drug dealing chapter? The drug okay, yes. dealing chapter. But also, let me, before we move on, in chapter five, the Museum of Natural Creatures chapter, I made a prediction that I still stand by. Brighton's desire to be a celestial leads him down the path of evil specter. And I still think that might happen. Oh, oh. On page 22 of the book, I wrote, Wow, is this the beginning of a supervillain story? Brighton is frustrating. Yes. Well, okay, so from the back of the book, I thought, I was like, oh, one of the brothers is going to be good and one's going to be evil. But then when I started reading the book, I was like, oh, that's not the case. But we'll see. We shall see. Okay, but then he's going to, Brighton tries to buy drugs. Yeah, so they're at a show like an outdoor pavilion type show where there's a famous YouTuber interviewing, like, I guess a presidential presidential candidate. candidate. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, whose name is Sunstar. And Lore, Lore is the name of the YouTuber. Yeah. I remember that. That's the name of Data's evil twin brother. So I remembered that one. (laughs) What, Sunstar? No, Lore. Oh. Some star. <laughs> I was like, that's strange. <laughs> but yeah, Brighton Emil and their friend Prudencia are there. Yes. Okay, I write, Brighton is jealous the entire time and it's gross. Yeah, oh man. So Brighton makes a comment of like, oh yeah, Prudencia and I are such a will-they-won't-they they relationship. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, Brighton, girls aren't interested in boys like you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure if she did throw any like flirtatious glances his way, like he would, he's so caught up in himself and his own deal that he wouldn't even notice. 
Mm-hmm. That's the thing. He he only cares about himself. Even even when he's talking about Prudencia, I mean, it's more about himself. It's it's not focusing on her and and what she's mm-hmm. like and how amazing she is. It's more like, yeah. I'm a great dude. <laughs> of course, she would want to be with me. We know so little of her because she doesn't have Indeed. any narration chapters either. Yes. I want to know more about her because in her first appearance, she calls them a bunch of fanboys. And I was like, oh, she knows. Yeah. Yep. Fanboys. Mm-hmm. My least favorite kind of boy. Well, yeah. And then and then even in, in the first mention of her, she's like schooling them on um, celestial culture. And like, you shouldn't. <laughs> No, because it's like um, she's the one who explained to them that what the half cape means to the Celestials. <laughs> what does it mean? I missed that part. I what does it mean to them? I don't know. It wasn't explained. Emil didn't explain it in his narration. <laughs> he just said it was explained. <laughs> Emil didn't explain it in his narration. He just said that it um... that she explained it to them. I feel like it's ceremonial or something, and that's he's like yeah. people only wear it. On very rare occasions for a really important reason. And then that's it. Yeah, because like Emil and Brighton would, it was one of those things where they were like wearing their own half capes and she's like, no, no. Yeah, I remember that. But then they were ne- it was never explained what, what they were. And I don't feel like anybody ever wore one. Yeah, well, there were no crazy ceremonies for the Celestials. But yeah, so they're they're at the park. Emil is or not Emil, sorry. Brighton is frustrated. You don't know the difference between the two. I don't. I kept mixing them up in my notes. I figured it out in the end. Brighton is being frustrating the whole time, and then they come across these people who look like they're going to fight, and then they're like squinting their eyes at each other and like <laughs> twirling their fists at each other, and they're like, "Are they shooting a movie? What are they doing?" <laughs> And mm-hmm. no, that's when Orton, the drug dealer, is like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they drank an illusion potion, so they think they've got powers. And Brian's like, how much? Oh, he is all for it. But Emil and Prudencia aren't like, hey, don't buy drugs. They're just kind of like, hey, you don't have enough money to buy drugs. <laughs> Yeah, and then he tries to interview Orton, and that's when, that's when Prudencia storms off. And then somehow a fight ensues from there to the point where, like, Orton feels the need to, like, follow Brighton and Neil. Okay, yeah, that didn't make any sense. So they don't buy the drugs, and so they're like, okay, let's get out of here. But then Orton and his friend James, who's also there is like, let's follow these people and try to murder them for some reason. Yeah. It's not like they stole the drugs. Right. Like, I don't think they even said anything like too derogatory towards Orton. I know they didn't. So what I wondered was if they realize that Brighton was there at the fight and he was the one who got the footage the other day. Um, especially since we later find out that James, a.k.a. Ness, was also there mm-hmm. getting footage that day. So maybe that's why they were like, oh, we should follow them. Maybe they know something about Maribel and Atlas, the spellwalkers. Yeah. Maybe. That's my guess, but I don't know. 
<sighs> well, maybe right. if they had said that, I would have known. <laughs> yeah. So Orton follows them to the subway and attacks them. Um, he has several abilities that are unusual for a Spectre to have, like powers that only Celestials have. So this includes like phasing through objects. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then he also has... What other powers did he have? Did he have fire? He had fire? Not, he, I don't think he had fire yeah. yet. He had fire in the later chapter, but I don't Who think... Who had, oh. like, acid breath? That was the basilisk, dude. Oh, he... Is that Stan? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Was, there are so many people. <laughs> because Orton reminded me of Randy Orton, I was like, he has, like, snake powers, right? I don't think anyone has snake powers. <laughs> Nobody had snake powers, but Orton definitely should have. Hmm. <laughs> Whatever. So the point of this chapter is that Emil has powers. Kablam. Yeah, we find that out when Brighton is about to be phased through the metro and like thrown out and killed. Mm-hmm. And Emil's like, nope, can't let that happen. And then he's all of a sudden like shooting fire from his hands. Right. And of course, Brighton immediately is like, feels betrayed and he's like you've been holding out on me like how dare you yes like i didn't know for chapter eight all i wrote is a trip to the hospital so they take emil to the hospital yeah because emil passes out he he makes it a little bit and then he passes out and and eventually brighton is concerned for his brother but he really Mm -hmm. is more focused on the fact that emile is going and is going viral and is getting followers and is getting famous and and all those words are so terrible he's like and i don't even and emile doesn't even care about his followers on instagram he hardly even even posts and now he has more followers than me yeah yeah that was brighton this chapter they go to, like, a special celestial hospital. Yes, mm-hmm. they do. Um, and then the next chapter is when we meet Maribel. Ma- yeah, we Maribel. get a new point of view. Mm-hmm. We get Maribel's point Woo. of view. So one of the spellwalkers from the very beginning, uh, the beginning fight. And and then this, yeah, this is when we get all of the details about the blackout bombing and how she's the daughter of the person who is thought to be responsible, but she's very convinced that somebody else is responsible for it. And then because of their, like, vigilante things, they realize what's going on. They see the video of Emil, and they're like, we need to go get him. <sighs> so, yeah, so then... We get back to the the hospital and Emil wakes up and everybody thinks that he's a specter that uh, somehow either he chose to get Phoenix blood for some reason um, and everybody's like really convinced like how could you do this to yourself? Why would you do this to yourself? Until they mm-hmm. see the video that uh, Brighton... Uh, did Brighton or did somebody else take the video? I think somebody else did. I think Brighton was a bit occupied. He was occupied during this one. Uh, <laughs> yes. Anyway, they, they see the video and they're like, okay, this dude clearly had no clue. And so then this is when he's like, I want to be alone. And I thought that meant because he's the one in the hospital that like everybody would leave the room and he would stay in the hospital room. But no, he left the room and left the hospital and ran How away. How did he do that? There was no transition. He was like, I want to be left alone. 
Everybody leaves the room. Next thing you know, he's back at his apartment where he lives. No, he's the one who leaves the room. I'm fairly certain. Like, they're in the hospital. And he leaves the room and he goes out the fire escape. That makes no sense. I gotta go back. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. What? No, I marked the page. I, I, I marked page 91. I leave the room. But no, I thought, okay, wait, okay. I need a second by myself. I leave the room. Why? What? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's in Why a hospital. Why leave the room? He's in a hospital. And instead <laughs> of everybody else leaving to give him space, he leaves his own hospital room and then goes down the fire escape. He's he's Jeez. not like attached to an IV, like in a in a hospital gown. That's why I was really confused. That's this my biggest oh my complaint. <laughs> okay, I didn't. Okay, the scene makes even less sense now. Yeah, I thought they left the room and then he like left the room after them. No, but no, he leaves his own hospital room. That might be the dumbest thing I've ever read. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Because it makes no sense. Yeah. No, that was one of my notes I wrote down in the book. I, I wrote, I thought that meant he'd stay and everyone else would leave. But no, he ran out of the hospital and went home. <laughs> I leave the room <laughs> and rush toward the nearest exit. <gasps> oh my well, god. Uh, yeah, so he goes, he leaves the apartment. Oh, and then I guess we get a break for a moment and we get introduced to Ness. We do. We get we get a chapter from Ness's point of view now. Wow. What do you all think of Ness? I like Ness. Oh no. I oh, like it. Ness. No. I oh, my ship God. it real hard. Yeah, I you ship it. You two are gross. But he yeah, is Ness, the Ness, worst character. We find no. I love Ness so much. Like he's morally torn. He's a murderer. But yeah, we we find yeah we find out that Ness is a bloodcaster. He's he's a specter who can shape shift. In chapter he's eleven, we also meet Luna, the big bad uh, old lady who has consumption and tasks Ness <gasps> to find a meal. I forgot she had consumption. <laughs> I don't know that she necessarily has consumption, but she's coughing up blood. She's <laughs> so, coughing blood. She has consumption into a handkerchief. Yeah, I know. I know that when I read she coughed blood, I thought, oh, she has consumption. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so we're not we're still not quite sure what her big evil plan is, I think, at this point. We just we know have no that idea. we just know that they're also interested in finding a meal, so she tasks Ness to go and find him. Yep. So we uh we go back to Emil's point of view and we're at he goes back to his apartment and he's gonna pack a bag and leave. And then mm-hmm. there's, is it a knock on the door or someone's just trying to break in? Well, first off, Brighton catches up with yeah. him. Oh, Brighton, Brighton gets there too and is like, okay, I'm going to go with you too. And then, yeah, then there's a, a knock on the door and it's Atlas. Atlas, one of the uh, people from the beginning of the story who was with Maribel. The spell walkers. Uh, one of the spell walkers. <laughs> uh but then a second Atlas shows up, so Whoa. we realize that the first one. Okay, was Ness. so when this happens, immediately I'm like Bizarro Atlas, and <laughs> I was like Bizarros always have shadows under their eyes, unless the author knows that and is trying to throw off the readers. And it was a fake out. Eye bags was the real one. <laughs> mm. But yeah, it because. Uh, 
Brighton was all like, yeah, Atlas, remember? Like, I was there the other night. And the first Atlas is like, yeah, no, I don't remember that. And then yeah. the other Atlas shows up and he's like, oh, yeah, dude, like, I totally remember you. <laughs> like, yes, which I thought was so cool because I was like, yeah, okay, I guess Atlas wouldn't remember Brighton. But, yeah, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought that was oh, cute. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, so yeah, so then they're taken to the spellcaster's hideout, which is in this abandoned school that's been, um, like, I guess there's like illusion magic over it or something mm-hmm. to keep it slightly hidden. But we don't know that. And my favorite, my favorite part of that was, you know, you've got Emil who's being like recruited into the spellcaster army, and Brighton who's all like, yes, things are getting exciting, and, and their ma ends up there too, and their ma is just like, no, Brighton, you're going to school tomorrow. <laughs> 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 which, which made me laugh. Yeah, but at the end of this chapter, they are attacked by the shapeshifter and a basilisk. Yes, the basilisk guy. And then that's when they meet the rare celestial that may have been the one responsible for the blackout because she can phase through things. Probably where Orton got his power to phase through things. Maybe. Mm. I don't know how that works. Like, so was Orton like injected or drank blood from the celestial that can phase through things? Maybe. Huh. I thought they had ghost blood. They do have ghost blood. Yeah. I don't know. It's unclear. <laughs> I'm sure it was explained in like a sentence somewhere. No, in the it novel. wasn't. It was not explained. Okay, Emma, you say that, but I found a lot of the questions that I had or the problems that I had that they were actually mentioned offhand in a comment or two at some point in the book. I also, I told this to Emma, I started listening to the story because I had run out of things to uh, listen to when I walk my dog. So mm-hmm. this morning I actually like started re-listening to it or listening to it for the first time. And in the very first chapter, you even have uh, Emil being like, I wonder if we're adopted. Like, what if Brighton's not actually my brother? <laughs> Yeah, I remember what if he's that adopted? statement being made at the end. I was like, I'm pretty sure like a joke was made where he was probably adopted or something. <laughs> okay, but oh, oh my god. So this book, like it keeps, it's very self-aware of these, you know, comic book fantasy type tropes. Mm. But then it doesn't invert them at all. So it's not clever. It's just like, oh, you get powers when you're 18. Hey, I got powers when I was 18. Hey, I might actually be adopted. Hey, I am adopted. Like, it's... No, he didn't think that he was the one who was adopted. He thought Brighton was the one who was adopted. Oh, okay. So, (laughs) real inversion of that trope there. I'm just saying, like, that's very specifically, he was like, what if Brighton is adopted? Wow. But then it's not. It's Emil who's adopted, and he's the reincarnation of Bautista and Keon. Yes. Which is at which point when I was like, I need a dictionary of all these terms. And this is also the chapter where I was finally like, wait, is Adam a wrestling fan because of the names Orton and Batista? Which made me think of like Randy Orton and Dave Batista. Yeah. And a real he, evolution right there. A real evo- I, I'm waiting for a hunter 
<laughs> a character a with a sledgehammer. Yes. <laughs> I'm waiting for a Triple H character. But yes, yes, he is a res- or he was a wrestling fan, so it makes sense that yes. there are these names. Adam Silvera, yeah. friend of the show, answered oh, Anna's question. <laughs> you can't say that, Emma. <laughs> Not after you've ripped his book apart. Okay, what happens in chapter 15? Because I wrote, Brighton takes Emil to, oh, to therapy. I had no mm-hmm. idea what I wrote. Yeah, so Brighton con- continues to be narcissistic about everything and is trying to make the situation of his brother having powers into, like, him being amazing and, and like, Brighton himself being the one who is great and amazing and good at everything. Um, mm-hmm. And he tricks Emil into going to a therapy session with the resident healer. Ava. Ava. One thing I wrote from chapter 15... That continues to show how Brighton is awful is when he said, end of the day, everyone knows it should have been me, the powers, the past lives. I know. Oh, my God. I hate him so much. (laughs) Yes. Um, I actually thought he was, like, supportive in in that chapter because he was like, I can't be the greatest hero this ever this city has ever seen. I'll make sure my brother will, which is still, like, selfish. He's doing it for himself. Yeah, he's doing it for himself. But for Brighton, I thought it was kind of nice. <laughs> no, yeah. At this, at this point in the book, Brighton is like, okay, I'm really upset. I don't have powers. But you know what? I love my brother. I'm going to support my brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is kind of trying to make the best of it. He, he's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to see this through and we're going to get this done. And yeah, and so Emil definitely, he's not on board with any of this he doesn't he's not a violent person he doesn't want to be caught up into any war but he does uh decide to start training with them which is when we get the sky high montage friends hercules montage oh my gosh i literally (laughs) put an asterisk training montage ensues I wrote, I wrote, okay, so I wrote both Sky High and I wrote Picturing Scrawny Hercules Training. Yeah, yes. yes, that's that's what I wrote. But no, it really was because you've got the Save the Citizen Challenge, which is straight out of Sky High the movie. And um, on Hercules. Yeah, they said he had to rescue a dummy and I was like, oh my god, I just want to watch Hercules now. Yes. I, I think the main reason I was picturing Sky High was because Sky High has the fire dude um, who tries the rescue the citizen challenge and then just brings back like the burning dummy with him, I think, <laughs> when he does it with him. But yeah, I thought that was that was fun. He uh, my favorite line in, in that chapter was no one would ask a doctor to do a firefighter's job, but everyone's cool with sending a museum gift shop employee after the person who tried killing him. Yes. Yes. And I was like, yeah. Especially after only a week of training. Yeah, he gets one week of training and then they're like, all right, time for you to go on a mission. You saved that dummy, kind of. Kind of, right. you saved him. We have to go take out Orton. We have to go take out Orton. <laughs> and then they have the nerve to be like super critical of him all the time. Yes. yes. I'm like, you guys grew up in this. Your parents were celestials. He has no clue what happened. He didn't drink Phoenix blood intentionally. So he was not planning for this. Like, <laughs> come on, people. Like, I started to get annoyed with Emil because he just was so reluctant to do everything. 
but I also was annoyed with everyone else as well. <laughs> yeah, everybody was awful. So yeah, they find out where Orton and like these acolytes are, and they go on a mission to get him and. You know, Brighton and Prudencia tag along. <laughs> yes. They're just like, we need to film this. I was, okay. So Brighton I kind of got because I was like, okay, he's their camera person. He's <laughs> going to film everything because that's just what he does. But I was really confused about Prudencia, this just random person who hasn't really done much of anything at all, just tagging along. Thankfully, that is like explained later, but... <laughs> just like why is prudencia there i just was like i pictured i was like okay so we don't have a ton of backstory on anyone in this book like i think they're just three really close-knit friends that do everything together Mm. and that's just how they how they do it i don't know and like they just refuse Mm. to be separated at a time like this Mm. But yeah, so it's during this face-off when we do see Orton with Phoenix Fire. I think for the first time, I'm not sure that he had Phoenix Fire, or at least he didn't use it the other times that they met with him. But then, as has happened with other specters who have Phoenix Fire, he just kind of catches on fire himself and Mm -hmm. dies. Orton defeated. (laughs) He He burns up and dies. It's called burnout, and it was said so casually that I thought it must be a thing. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, he burned out. And I was like, what? What is that? Is that like yeah. the blackout? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, it just his own Phoenix flames that he's consumed have now consumed him. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, so then after all of that, we've got Brighton who is like, I've got a brilliant idea. I can be amazing, just like all of you can be amazing. I'm going to be your PR person. I'm going to get the mm-hmm. public to really like the Spellwalker's image. You you haven't had the best image lately, but I'm going to fix it. I'm going to interview all of you and, and put it online, and I'm going to make you all look good. <laughs> yeah, they, they created Spellwalkers of New York, a yes. play on the real-life humans of New York. Yes. Not as successful. <laughs> no, mm. not but, at all. But Brighton is is excited because he is gaining a lot of a lot of followers and a lot of views uh, through this. So Brighton is is feeling good about himself again. <laughs> I wrote for chapter nineteen. Brighton living the dream. He's on the <laughs> up and up. He's he's feeling good. But then we're brought back down with a nest chapter. I love Ness. Um, oh, you're <laughs> disgusting. So yeah, so we get a Ness chapter uh, where uh, Ness and the Bloodcasters and these acolytes, they go to steal a Hydra because apparently they need a Hydra for whatever the uh, big bad plan is. And Which we still don't know what it is. We're still not sure at this point. And it's not going great for Ness. Uh, he kind of, he, he gets cornered and he drops his his transformation. He um, And the dude that he's fighting with recognizes him, at which point I guessed Senator's son, because that was the only well-known person that we knew who was supposedly dead. And I was like, that's my guess. I didn't even bother guessing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for that chapter, I said, I don't know what happened. 
<laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what was going on at the time in my personal life, but I just did not understand what happened in that chapter. No, a lot of the action <laughs> chapters, I was like, I do not understand what is going on in this action scene. It's the, it's too fast. The action was a bit hard to follow. But yeah, so then we go back to the Spellwalkers and we've got uh, Maribel and Atlas who go to investigate. They heard about the Hydra snatching incident. The Hydra heist, if you will. The Hydra heist. And and they go and they find an acolyte who seems to have been left behind, Hope, um, who just immediately tells them everything and is like, the Hydra's at the fighting arena. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for this, I pictured like like a Pokemon battle <laughs> where it's like that huge like court and everyone's sitting yeah. like mm. protected on the outside, but like there's a cage instead of like a glass wall or whatever. Right. That's mm. what I was picturing. <laughs> but in this chapter, Marybell says that she thinks Brighton should have been the one that got the powers yeah and i'm just like you have no idea how wrong you are mm-hmm. i don't know i mean at the end of the book it seems like maribel and brighton are on the same wavelength like they get each other so yeah because they're both dumb maybe so yeah so then the spellwalkers all band together and they go to try and rescue the hydra and they fail spectacularly at rescuing yeah. the Hydra. Yeah, what happens in this yeah. chapter? This um, is even more confusing than the Hydra heist. Like, the Hydra gets loose, but then Maribel gets distracted uh, because she sees June, the girl who can phase through things, and the girl who was at the blackout and who she thinks is responsible for it. So she yeah. and Emil, like, corner her, and Maribel's, like, attacking her and getting ready to kill her. And Emil lets her go. So, like, at this point, we're not even really focusing on the Hydra anymore. I can't remember. I just know that they don't rescue the Hydra. (laughs) That the Hydra ends up being back in the hands of the Bloodcasters. But, yeah, so Emil lets go of uh, June before Maribel can actually kill her. Uh, But instead, they do capture uh, Ness, who indeed is Eduardo Iron, the son of the senator, who was supposedly killed. Yeah, so we haven't really talked about how there's an evil senator in this book. So we talked about the one presidential candidate, but there's the rival presidential candidate Mm -hmm. who's Mm -hmm. an evil senator who is laughably evil. The one who is super against uh, Celestials. Yeah, he's like, I hate Celestials. has, Has been running on a campaign of hate towards them ever since his wife died and then later his son supposedly died and... Yeah. But he is not dead. He is Ness. He is alive and he changed his name to Ness. What a dumb name. <laughs> it's short for Nessie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that is, that's just cute then. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, so then Ness is like thrown into a closet and is interrogated uh, by Maribel. Or at least Maribel attempts to. Yes. But Ness isn't going to talk to anyone except for Emil because Emil is the one who's like not actively trying to kill him and because they keep running into each other. Mm-hmm. It's fate. Yes. <laughs> it's cute. Well, it's they bond not... enough, whether it's intentional or not, they bond enough where Ness reveals Luna's ultimate plans. She mm-hmm. wants to make Reaper blood, which is a combination of Hydra blood 
Phoenix Blood and Ghost Blood, but the yes. Ghost Blood has to be blood of a relative. Yes. Uh, the blood of a relative who died in a horrendous murder, I think, actually. Yeah, like um, in a horrendous way. No, it just yeah. has to be a ghost with ties to her bloodline, but in order to become a ghost, you have to have died in a horrendous mm, way. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, the Phoenix Blood has to be a phoenix who is on its first life cycle, so one mm-hmm. that has never been reborn before. And the Hydra Blood has to be blood from a Hydra who's never lost a head before. Yeah. Yes. So very specific, but we know she has the Hydra blood after the debacle of the previous mm-hmm. chapter. <laughs> yeah, so so the ghosts the ghosts is next and and I was surprised I don't know why I was surprised at ghosts being a thing, but at first I was surprised at ghosts being a thing. And then but then when I was listening to it on one of my walks earlier in chapter four, they mention ghost raisers. What? Like like raising people who are like raising oh. ghosts. Not like a razor <laughs> like, like you like a razor blade, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that sounds so Ghosts so vile. need to shave too. So so okay. I was surprised at ghosts, but then I later found out that they've mentioned it at least once before so it's not that the seeds were there you just needed Mm -hmm. to be paying attention oh my god so it turns out luna's parents were murdered in a horrific way by luna by her (laughs) (laughs) uh so the next step is gonna be her raising her parents from the grave as ghosts and then murdering them again for their blood yes yes and we find out that the phoenix obviously going to be coming from the museum the century phoenix egg that they mm-hmm. have that kirk mentioned which i think we forgot to mention yeah so kirk yeah. has found this feathered phoenix egg which means that it's being born for the first time um and that's exactly what luna needs in order yeah, to complete. he has this whole event at the museum to celebrate all these people yes. are gonna be there it's, a big it's gonna deal. be a big deal before before they go off to the cemetery and try and stop this, things took a turn for Brighton, and he's losing followers now because it, the video was posted that shows Maribel Maribel trying to kill June. Yes, uh, and and whereas he had posted a video of the fight omitting that part. Yes. And and so somebody had posted the full video and, and people are, are leaving him and, and not following him anymore. And so he's in a in a bit of a downward spiral. So basically, yeah, he like forces them to let him come with them to the uh, cemetery. But this time it's just him. It's not uh, Prudencia who goes along. Yes. So yeah, so they go to the cemetery where there's another big action sequence. And, um, and then... Continuing the sky high theme. Emil oh, can fly now. That's, yes. that's true. He can fly now, and he f- he he flies away with the urn that has the ghosts inside it before Luna can take it, and he just and j- gets out. Abandons the fight. Everybody's he there still fighting, the fight. and he flies away. To be fair, getting the urn away was the objective. Oh, they learned from the Hydra fight that went wrong. Like, we didn't focus on our objective last <laughs> yeah. time. So this we... time, we should just do that. And then whoever does that leaves. 
<laughs> Maybe. But yeah, he leaves and then Brighton ends up being captured and, and yeah. everybody else gets away, but Brighton is captured. And he's still, even in that uh, chapter where he's being captured, he's like watching a meal fly away and he's like, oh, I bet he knew he could fly and he was waiting <laughs> for like the perfect time to like show yes. off his abilities. How dare he? How like he's not even mad that he left him. <laughs> No, he's mad that he's like, how dare he wait for the perfect time to show off his cool powers and try and look amazing. (laughs) (laughs) the worst. Uh, I mean, and then he picks up a wand that like an enforcer uses and tries to Mm. use it on Luna, who's like obviously the one in charge on the bad guy's side. So she's obviously... Mm got ways to get around being harmed by a wand. I thought it was... Okay, we haven't talked about wands yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are wands. Why are there wands? They're like, um, instead of guns, they have wands, because it seems like anyone just be can guns. pick up a wand and use it. So, yeah, they're yeah, just like it's, laser it's, weapons. It's, it's something that anybody can use, and I think it's because another group of people that we have that I don't think we've really talked about are the enforcers, which are like the police officers uh, who mm-hmm. oftentimes they use the wands. And I think it's because oftentimes the enforcers themselves aren't powered individuals. So by having the wands that have the properties or like the powers of certain powered individuals or celestials it kind of evens the playing field though yeah it is kind of like i mean a gun a Just, gun would do the same thing wand? like that's that's the question but yeah, so then <laughs> uh ma and everyone learn uh that brighton was kidnapped like emil gets back to the hideout with the urn and then everybody else returns and and ma has like a heart attack after finding out that <laughs> Brighton. Ma is just really pitiful this entire book. Yes. Oh, she really is. I feel so <laughs> bad for her. I also wrote like I feel like um kids in movies and books are like way harder on their parents than people in real life are. Like Emil mm-hmm. really lost it and like got angry at her when he found out that she was adopted, but Yeah. I mean she they she never made him feel unwanted or unloved. Like he thought Brighton was the one that was adopted. Yeah. You know? So I felt like it was kind of unfair for for both of them to be so mad yeah. at her. I felt bad for her. I'm like, she's just a normal human being dragged along True. through this. She's doing um, her best. Yeah. She just lost her husband and she's a very anxious person and she's thrown into this very anxiety inducing situation Mm -hmm. yeah so at this point uh with brighton captured by the bad guys i wrote down will this be brighton's heel turn will be this be the time when in wrestling terminology will he have his heel turn will he turn to the villain side i yeah Mm -hmm. i thought the villains were gonna be like oh brighton you want powers we can give you powers join us Yes. Yeah, I, I, I thought that too. But yeah, they don't even tie him down because they're like, you're just a puny human and we're yes. all powerful. Like, we don't need you to like to do any precautions because we can take you on. And he takes a potion. Um, yes. Just takes a potion. I, I Like, assuming that, you know, he's in the like alchemist's lair, it's going to be some kind of potion that will give him some kind of creature powers not sure what but it'll give it to him Mm -hmm. and so then he has these like lightning powers and he just straight up murders people yes (laughs) 
And then you find out that it was that illusion potion drug that Orton was trying to sell at the yes. beginning of the story. That did get me. I was like, oh, man. Uh, for some reason, I really thought he had just killed the main bad guy. I know. I was like, oh, my God. I It got me. Yes, it got me, too. I was like, oh, my God. He just killed Luna and Dion. Like... Mm-hmm. so fast <laughs> but yeah I mean he he turned to murder real quick like real bloody murder real quick no and I was like about murder everyone yeah. else is hung up and has qualms about murder which I also was like okay maybe realistically everyone would have qualms about murder but also like mm. this is a war and like the other people are clearly gonna murder you if you don't murder yeah, them first right. how do you expect to win this war Exactly, if you're not going to kill anyone. Yeah, Maribel and Brighton are the only ones who are, like, super fine with murder. (laughs) Yeah, but also, like, I I understand it. I'm on their side a little bit on this. Mm. (laughs) I'm like, just kill June. Like, just do it. And then they won't keep coming back and, like, murdering you. Right. So, yeah, even though... He didn't end up with powers, and he he didn't quite do a full heel turn and, like, join the bad guys or anything. I still felt like he's on the cusp of it. Like, we're getting close mm-hmm. to his, his super villain story being complete. But yeah, so then next chapter we get uh, a video of Brighton being tortured was uploaded, and we also find out that Prudencia is a lot more interesting than we all thought that she was because she also has powers. Yeah, the character that hasn't had anything happening in 200 pages suddenly has something going on. And But yeah, we find out like that's why she was tagging along was she had made a deal with Iris, right? Yes. I mean, she had made a deal with Iris like that the only way Brighton could go on these trips was if Prudencia went, because Prudencia could protect him, and she had protected them. She, like, held back Orton from being able to advance on them when he was burning out. And and she's done other little things throughout the whole story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there's the big debate, like, oh, should we give the bad guys the urn and Ness in exchange for Brighton? And Emil's like, I'm going to do it anyway, because he's my brother. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, Emil says, no one matters to me more than my brother, and I won't be able to live with myself if he dies. At which point I wrote down, Emil loves his brother and would do anything for him. Brighton loves power and himself and will do anything for that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, I thought that the argument about whether to go or not was kind of stupid. I'm like... It's not an ethical question at this point, like the few for the many. I mean, (laughs) it's like, Emil's gonna go, do you want to lose Emil too? Like, how valuable is he to you guys Mm. and your cause? Because this is gonna happen whether you want it to or not. So if you're saying, oh, I'm not gonna go, you're saying Brighton is useless and Emil is expendable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Ness goes to help save B. And B is Brighton. I just wrote that in my notes instead of Brighton. <laughs> I was lazy. <laughs> I was like, did I miss something? I don't remember that. <laughs> no, it just started happening in my notes. <laughs> Ness, Ness goes with them. Ness is very, 
seems on their side and, and wants to help. Uh, but then Ness and Emil get cornered at one point during the rescue. And so Ness turns around and knocks him out with the urn. I know. And I wrote Ness heel turn. That was my. Yes. <laughs> I didn't because I knew Ness was doing it just to save Emil somehow. Oh, I was really hoping that was not the case. <laughs> hey. I, I knew that was the case. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this can't be how it ends. They, like, wrote it so that they are each other's love interests. There's no way mm-hmm. that he's going to make a hill turn at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so so they rescue Brighton, but now Emile's the one who's kidnapped, yes! which kind of made me laugh. It was pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, we rescue one person, but then immediately another person is kidnapped. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, we have more of Brighton being a pain, because now he's upset with Prudencia for not telling him about... Uh, her yeah. powers again he makes it about himself and like oh you people are trying to you know look better than me and, and trying to be better than me and how dare you not tell me mm-hmm. yep. <sighs> chapter 33 i wrote emil is tortured ness is an ass i wrote the exact same thing <laughs> oh my gosh what <laughs> emil said the the line of the book in this chapter he says this about Ness. Dude straight seduced me. Yes! <laughs> and I said, yes. you seduced yourself because you went into his room and was like, here's my life story. <laughs> like, he just wanted to eat the pancakes you brought him, but you had to tell him everything about yourself. They told each other everything about themselves. Yes. Emma. Oh they both god. open themselves up. They have a connection. Oh my god. And then, yeah, I wrote torture scene for some reason. But yeah, so Emil is being tortured. So Luna's there, Ness is there, um, and Ness is given the is it the Infinity Ender, yes. the blade uh, that can really do damage to phoenixes. Uh, we've already seen earlier that Emil can kind of heal uh, from things very quickly. Uh, but with the Infinity Ender, that wasn't happening. And they talk about how he's going to be sold to somebody. At which point, I was like. Is it the museum dude? Because that's the only person I can think of who it could Man, be. Man, you had this book yeah. down. <laughs> I did. I'm really proud. That's why I I like writing down my guesses um, and then being proven correct. Yes. And then the next chapter all I wrote was Ness is angsty. I, yes. I, that's all I wrote. He's bullied a lot of people is what I wrote. Yeah, he's a bully. He's an awful person. That was that chapter. I don't think I don't think he's an awful person. I think he's What is lived, good about him? He's lived a tough life. He I think he was raised by an awful person. He was raised by an awful person and he's trying to break free of that and when he was breaking free of that he ended up with another awful group of people. But he's still even when he was at the Hydra heist, he didn't want to kill anybody. He's 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 along but with he Emil did. with he did, but only because he was recognized. Oh, and that makes murder okay. I don't know. When you're trying to hide from a father who you later on find out tries to kill you, I mean... Hannah, your past does not excuse unethical or immoral behavior. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
in the context of a YA novel. <laughs> That's <Yes>. every character. <laughs> oh my god, this is why I do not read this. Okay, but the next chapter is the gala, and it changes things around. Not really, it just kind of makes things back to the way they were. It prolongs things a little bit. <laughs> But yeah, so we do find out that Kirk, the museum director, that they're going to trade um, the Century Phoenix for a meal because apparently he'll he really wants to study him. Yeah, but so Emil called Kirk and was like, "You got to cancel the gala. They're gonna steal the Phoenix." And he's like, "I can't do that. Everybody already bought tickets." But then the evil people are like, "We'll give you Emil. Cancel the gala." And he's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll cancel the gala." And also, I'm an evil scientist. And then he just walks away, like, like he doesn't even like wait to make sure that Emil is like in a secure spot that he can come back to <laughs> yeah. and like know he'll be there. He just walks off, and that's that. It's like the hospital scene all over again. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Ness redeems himself when he helps Emil escape. So yeah, Ness is helping Emil escape. Meanwhile, Maribel and company um, go to to the big party, and they're there to rescue Emil as well, and and like get the urn back and get the phoenix, and you know try and basically stop the ritual <sighs> from happening. But during it, uh, Maribel gets possessed by June, much um, like her parents, who, who phased right into her, and. Um, this is after Maribel tried to murder June again. And while she is possessed, she attacks and kills Atlas, who I don't think we've said, but is her boyfriend. Yeah, super sad. But he's obviously not important to the book because we didn't mention him yet. He, he had a bunch of sweet scenes. I, I liked Atlas. Um, he was always very, like, he defended Emil to, to Maribel. When she yeah. was like, Brighton should have been the one. And Atlas was like, he's doing pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah, he's been training for a week. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she uh, she kills him while she's possessed. And then after that, we find out that Maribel has some Phoenix powers. She goes off after Atlas dies. And then what I thought was one of the best parts was Ness pretending to be an acolyte just like yoinks the egg out of an acolyte's hand and then like runs off. Yes. <laughs> and so he's the hero because he was able to get the egg out of there. He's what the hero. hero, Emma. He's the hero. He's he the hero. He's the main character. Because yeah. that was the only way to make sure that Emil would like get out of it alive. Like, he did it on purpose. He needed to prove himself to Luna and, like, get back in her good graces because she didn't trust him anymore. Yes. And so he did that by, you know, doing some slight torturing. He knew that everybody else was too bloodthirsty and that they would have just accidentally killed him. Yeah, for sure. So so they make it back. They've got the egg now. And Maribel cremates Atlas uh, with her newfound phoenix powers because guess what we've got another unknown adoption going on mm. in this story with with maribel being adopted and surprise surprise she is the daughter of bautista 
So she's kind of Emile's daughter. Yes. yes, which he makes a joke about, and I really love it. Yeah, that was yes. the best, but he's like, wow, this is crazy, right? And she's like, don't ever talk to me. Yes, yes. I really liked that. I thought that was cute. Yeah, I agree. Um, And then this is when I wrote down, like, okay, this is going to be Maribel's heel turn. This is was actually her supervillain story all along. Um, I mean, she leaves with Brighton, who's our other suspected heel turn. Yes. Yes. They go off to murder. All they know is vengeance. Honestly, like, in this moment, I hated the Spellwalkers and Iris in particular. Me too. I... Yeah. What are you doing? Mm. Yeah. This is not the time to push people away that are, like, supporting your cause. Yeah. So yeah, so then the next chapter, Ness and Emil are really cute again. Oh god. They're so okay. cute. So they're so cute. Presumably so cute. Emil's just been bleeding out this whole time since he's come back from his torture scene wounds. But there's also one line where he said Ava couldn't even heal this. So it does imply that Ava did hit try. But yeah, so Ness Ness tends to Emil's wounds, keeping his eyes shut the whole time because Emil is self conscious. Oh my god, mm-hmm. it's cute. It's really cute. They, so cute. They had like the same scene in Lost Girls of Paris. Remember when the tape made uh, Marie's stomach bleed? It's not the same scene at all. It's the exact same scene, and then Julian like closed his eyes and like dabbed at the blood it's completely different (laughs) it's the exact same scene except that julia never tortured marie completely different oh Um, my god but yeah so ness ness decides that he's going to leave and then immediately in the next chapter he's like no i gotta come back because the school is about to be raided by enforcers (laughs) and and that's not good Mm mm-hmm yeah, so the base is called Nova. Not sure if we mentioned that. It does have, like, this protective force field around it. Like, basically a giant illusion spell, I think. Mm-hmm. So that everyone makes... it Like, it looks like something else to everyone else. Or maybe it looks like the school, but they just can't tell that people are in it. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So the enforcers come up. They somehow know about the illusion... And are able to disable it. Mm-hmm. Um, and right at the same time, Gravesend is born. And Gravesend is the Century Phoenix. Yes. Aw. And he latches onto a meal, and it's really cute. Mm-hmm. So cute. And he has a really deafening war cry. I know, he's just, like, crying out the whole time, and Emile's like, this phoenix needs to shut up because the enforcer, like, they're gonna find him, and they're gonna, like, take him, and, mm-hmm. or, um, like, the bad, like, Luna and their gang are gonna find him and take him. But yeah, so then Emile spends pretty much the whole chapter trying to track down Brighton, uh, because the raid's happening and he's not sure where Brighton is. And the whole time I was like, well, why didn't he just call him or, like, message him or something? Yes, I was thinking that, too. In a Brighton chapter, it's like, well, my phone's been busted since the cemetery. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. That does make sense. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so he spends the whole time looking for Brighton. Uh, Ness comes in and and 
leads the the enforcers away but then it ends up that the enforcers were pretty much after ness the whole time and um, and gravesend ends up with uh luna right yeah june captures june captures the phoenix and so luna luna's got all the pieces yep bum 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 but first <laughs> we Unnest chapter. chapter. We meet the senator. He's crazy oh. and actually coordinated Eduardo's murder. Eduardo slash Ness. Yeah. But yeah, he's the one who was behind the blackout. The only reason Ness is still around is because June decided, and possibly Luna, I guess, decided that yeah, to, to keep him around. But yeah, it's during this chapter where I need to find the line. Because the dad says something. Is it when he says, hello, White House? <laughs> no. Because I was like, adults don't speak like this. I have to write this line down. Hello, His whole scheme White House. is to become the president. No, it was uh, when Ness says, more years spent on politics than parenting, that's for sure. And then the senator says, only one of those paths was truly intentional, Eduardo. Oh, oh, boo-hoo. Oh. Poor Eduardo. I know. He's just wanted to be loved. Oh, my God. He's so gross. <laughs> why is why is Ness gross, Emma? He's a murderer and a torturer. And he doesn't do anything in this book. Okay. He does some things. He yoinked the egg. <laughs> how's that work out he's delayed some things from happening that inevitably happened (laughs) so we find out that the senator is going to take him to the bound which is an island off the coast of new york and it's like a prison Mm. specifically for celestials so it's like the rikers island but for celestials possibly is rikers island possibly yeah but that's where we're left off with Ness for this novel. But yeah, so then we get to the conclusion, and and then the good guys both like win and lose. Poor Gravesend <laughs> is just killed in Emil's arms. Yeah. Well, so Emil's like, I gotta kill Gravesend, so that way Luna won't get the blood. Because somehow, if I kill the Phoenix, there will be no blood. What? Yeah. I I don't know. I don't, I don't think he was actually going to kill Gravesend. Yeah, but he really thought about it. And he thought this is the way that Luna won't get the blood. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- so Gravesend is is killed in his arms. Uh, the potion is is made. But then Brighton and Maribel s- step in and they stop Luna. Uh, and then instead, Brighton drinks it while Emil is just like bleeding out at his feet. <laughs> yeah. And that's the end. And that's the end and, of the book. And that's Brighton's heel turn. That's his heel turn. Yes. I don't really feel like there was much build up to him wanting immortality. I feel like that's a bit like I understand he wants powers, but I feel like immortality is a big step beyond that. Right. Well, I think he also is thinking, well, Emil is basically immortal. Yeah. He dies. Exactly. He gets to come back. That's not fair. I want to be powerful. I want to be the most powerful. And this is his way of being the most powerful. Exactly. Yeah. (sighs) 
like no matter what it means like he might not want to live forever but if he's the most powerful he's gonna do it and i totally suspect Mm. he wants to live forever oh yeah especially especially after learning about emil and his powers he definitely wants that Mm -hmm. but yeah so i think like i said in my non-spoiler i think some scenes could have uh used a bit more time they could have been more fleshed out but I I think this book was a lot of setup, mm-hmm. and I'm curious to see where. That's always your excuse for things. Well, I'm I'm I, it was it was a lot of setup, and I'm curious to see where they go from here. Yeah, I am too. I'm tired of things being set up. I just want a story, a beginning, a middle, and then an read end. a standalone book. <laughs> Don't read a book that's part of a series. <laughs> But, like, the Harry Potter books were standalone, kind of, but it's just the same characters each time. Each year is, like, a different thing happens. Yeah, that's true. Harry Potter is a really high standard, though. (laughs) Okay. I liked it, Hannah. I thought it was a good read. Nothing too serious. I thought it was enjoyable. Agreed. All right, then. So before we close out the episode, let's talk recommendations. Emma, let's start with you. What do you have to recommend? (sighs) Okay, so there was a a very specific point in this book. I think it's the chapter where the spellwalkers come to get Mm -hmm. Emil or like come with us. And I was like, oh, my God, I've got it. This book is exactly like that show you made me watch of Shadow Hunters. Oh yeah, the Cassandra Clare uh, books, which is already based on a bad book. <laughs> that book so... series is it. It's another one of those. It's a really quick read. I didn't make it all the way through the series, but that was more just because, like, I I don't know. I just didn't get the book from the library anymore, and then I moved on to other books, but not <laughs> because I don't want to finish it. But anyway, it reminded me of that show. Which was a terrible show. The show wasn't great. The book is a lot yeah. better. I highly doubt that. I mean, the TV show doesn't set a huge bar. The book is way better than the TV show. <laughs> fight, fight. So, 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 you, so you don't have a recommendation. Instead, you had a comparison to a terrible thing. I've done it before. Yeah. <laughs> That's half my recommendations are like, it's like this. But I hated this, and I hated this. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of helpful because someone who actually liked this might like those books. So you're yeah. saying don't read the Cassandra Clare City of Bones books. I'm saying instead, Google Cassandra Clare bullying and read about that because that's a fun read. What? Emma, are you starting more <laughs> fights on this podcast? What? I am writing that down, though. and it's written down I have some recommendations Uh, if you liked this I think you should read The Ninth House by Lee Bardugo Mm. it's pretty good I think it's better than this novel I don't know it's kind of on the same level they're both well The Ninth House is supposed to be Lee Bardugo's first adult fiction novel but she usually writes young adults so it has that same feel to it um Mm. magic users fantasy supernatural ya and i really enjoyed that book i might have enjoyed it a little bit more than this one just because it was more about like witches 
and that's more up my alley. But both Mm. kind of good on the same level. But I recommend that novel for sure. I mean, there are a lot of good YA novels out these days. There's Curse that just came out. And I think that was Mm. Curse by Tom Wheeler. So I would also recommend that one. That one's kind of like a different version of Arthur in the stone that follows the water nymph, Nimue. Nimue? Nimue! I was like, how do you say this word? Because it's N-I-M-U-E. I was calling her Nimue the whole time. <laughs> Nimue. Yeah. Go ahead, Hannah. Okay. Uh, so I've already recommended Adam Silvera's other books on this podcast before. I do think that his other books are better than this one, but I I, I still enjoyed this one, and I'm going to read the rest of the series. But I would say check out his other books. And then another book that I had to recommend is The Warrior Heir by Cinda Williams Chima. And so it's, it's one of those series where each book or, like, every couple of books has different main characters it's all set in the same universe but it might not have the same main character from book to book and so i really 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 love the first book the warrior's heir and i'm fine with the other books i haven't finished the series yet i still have one more book to read but the first book it's very hmm. now i'm like trying to remember okay this book is so old it has a a borders uh tag on it yes amazing (laughs) But anyway, it's it's about this uh, this kid named Jack who um, has had a scar over his heart for a long time, and one day he finds out that basically he's he's magical, um, and that these people they have like special stones in their hearts that determine what type of magic they can have. And so it's his journey of finding out that he has these powers and what he does with these powers. And I, I don't know. I really enjoyed this when I was younger. I definitely read it at least two times. Um, so I would recommend definitely this first book. And then if you're into this book, then possibly continue with the rest of the series. Though, again, I, I don't know for sure because I haven't read the last book yet. <laughs> nice. So it could have a terrible ending. I don't know. Right. But again, since it features like different characters each time, it's it's fine. So what are we reading next time? Okay. I hope you're all ready. We're going to be reading The Heads of Cerberus by Francis Stevens. And it could be the greatest book ever or the next Herland. We will find out. But here's the description of the book. Philadelphia, 1918. Three friends. Viola. Robert and Viola's brother Terry discover a mysterious powder that transports them 200 years into the future. The Philadelphia of 2118 is no longer a bustling metropolis, but instead a completely isolated city recovering from an unknown disaster. Citizens are issued identification tags instead of having names, and society is split between a wealthy, powerful minority and a downtrodden lower class. The position of supreme authority is held by a woman, and once a year, she oversees competitions to the death to determine who rules alongside her. When Viola, (laughs) Terry, and Robert are forced to take part in these strange and deadly games, it'll take their combined wits for them to escape this strange world 
and return home. Nice. So this was written in like 1915 or something. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be good, but I know it's short. So thanks for joining in on our discussion. Check out our Instagram account at Treat Your Shelf Podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you there. And until next time, don't forget to treat your shelf. Thank you.